0: Listening to Her Body on Body.io FM, the women's source for optimal health
1: and lifelong performance, with your host, Alex Navarro.
0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Her Body brought to you by Body.io FM. I'm your host, Alex Navarro. And we have a returning guest today joining us on the show. And I feel like every time we have a new conversation, I, it just sparks more topics that we can talk about. Um, and we have returning to the show, Jessica Philippus. Hi, how you doing?
1: Hi, happy to be back. Thanks for
0: having me. You're welcome. I feel like we're always like trying to catch each other and we're on the go doing stuff because you're, you're a busy person.
1: I know we're both crazy, though but we <laughs> wouldn't
0: have it any other way. I don't exactly. think exactly. <laughs> um, So, if, for those of you who haven't listened to the show for very long, or perhaps missed the last episodes with Jessica, um, you gosh, you first joined me on the show like three years ago, I think, when you yeah, shared I your think journey. 2015. Of, yeah, you were sharing your journey to your was it your first
1: big match after the kids well i i fought once right after the baby which wasn't my greatest idea um <laughs> apparently you can't really do anything that you set your mind to so i fought when the baby was like five and a half months old and i missed weight and i obviously didn't perform to the best of my abilities. so um that's when i that's when i actually found keeper and carb backloading and carb night and all that mm-hmm. was i was experimenting with um not just weight cutting, but like getting my weight down in a healthy fashion. And I had gained a ton of like corporate stress weight, mm-hmm. ironically enough, being a wellness coordinator. And I just could not get below. I know these numbers are going to sound ridiculous. So everybody, go ahead and get mad at me and send me angry tweets. But I couldn't get below like 125 pounds when I started that job. I was 110. I got all the way up to like 133. And um, I tried. I tried everything. I tried. I tried low fat. I tried, <clears throat> I tried cutting weight. I tried starving myself. I tried everything under the sun, and so that's when, um, in my desperation, my late night googling, I came across Carb Night and Kefir, and science just really spoke to me because mm-hmm. of my exercise science background. And so I, I sampled with Carb Night. I, I just used myself as a guinea pig. To be like, God, I can't get, I can't get this to budge. I had that initial like like everybody does when they get back into shape, that initial, like, big weight loss. Mm-hmm. And then it just stuck, like, super plateaued. Yeah. And um, but I told myself, I can't, I'm not going to take another fight. Like my weight class was 105. And I was 125. So I'm like, I have to be within 15 pounds before I take a fight. Cause I'm never missing weight ever again in my life. <laughs> it was just the worst, most embarrassing, I'm awful, sure. unhealthy ordeal of my life. And um, so that's why I was like 120 was my ultimate goal before I could even accept the idea or a fight contract or anything like that. So I talked to you guys after, um, I actually had, I used to have an MMA mom's podcast and I actually had Keeper on my podcast in my that's little right. journey so right. down to you. 120. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. I felt very honored at the <laughs> time because I'm like, I have nobody and I have Keeper on my podcast. <laughs> um Super cool dude, though. Very helpful. And and then I did, I had the interview with you guys because I did get my weight down. I did make 105 pounds in an incredibly healthy fashion. I was in better shape than I had ever been in my entire athletic career. That's college wrestling included. And I literally did it with uh, modified carb backloading. And I wouldn't have been able to do it if it wasn't for keepers research you know and and his publications like absolutely not and he pays me zero to say this but (laughs) i owe all of that to him and and his research and his dedication to like being that outlier like i don't care what everyone else is saying i promise you this works right (laughs) it's science like there's people who just say the worst kind of shit to him on the internet and i'm like oh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> can't pick your battles, fix your battles, you know, cause I just want to like angry keyboard warrior at them. But I'm like, you know what? It's not, maybe it's not for everybody, but it was absolutely life changing for me. And then now for all of the athletes who I've been able to help with the education I got from my carb night, carb backloading experiment and yeah. education. So. Just so awesome. So <laughs> awesome. Gotta, yeah.
0: gotta spread the love. <laughs>
1: I do. I for sure do.
0: <laughs> well, and especially in the community that you're in and the the females that you work with. Um, so without me explaining it, tell us just like what you currently do and who you work with because that's what sort of sparked my desire to have you on today's show and to talk about what we're going to talk about. So who sure. you work
1: with. So I actually... I'm fortunate enough, I'm going to call it fortunate, in the thick of it, sometimes I'm like, why do I do this? But I'm fortunate enough to get to coach little girls and teenage girls and mentor college-age girls in the sport of wrestling. And Which is I know awesome. Are like, so awesome.
0: <laughs> Where were you when I was, re- well, we were the same age, so we were both <laughs> doing the same thing and going through the same things, but... Man, what a, difference that, I know, what a difference that would have made for me being that age and having somebody like you to look up to and to share your experience.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I'm, hopefully I'm not breaking up. I'm trying to find some more Wi-Fi. Oh. Um,
0: <laughs> She's in the my... car, by the way, guys, just in case you want.
1: Always on the go. She's always
0: on the go, so trying to catch her. <laughs> Yes. It's a tax. It doesn't
1: mess me up. Um, Okay, here we are. So I I think it would have been critical if you or I had half the education that we have now. Yep. You know, in anything nutrition related, God, it would have made a world of difference. And uh, I'll be the first to admit, which I'm sure you did, too. We probably did lots of stupid things to make weight.
0: Yeah, scary, stupid things.
1: And I think back now and I'm like, holy crap, seriously. And I did that all throughout my collegiate wrestling career, right. too, because yeah. we didn't know better. Right. And it, it's not because our coaches were dumb or because we were dumb. I mean, we did what was handed down to us. Like that's really what the sport of wrestling is in and of itself. It's just like passed down from generation to generation. Yeah, so they're like, well, this worked we knew this entire
0: time, so obviously it's going to keep working.
1: Exactly. And I mean, we probably did a lot of like wearing sauna suits and not drinking and eating and just doing in a, a cup, lot
0: of really running the heater in the car and spitting in a cup. And then I remember. Yeah. I re- and what's funny is I was always underweight. So I actually didn't, I experienced secondhand by being. <laughs> you know <laughs> trapped in the car with other people who needed to cut and I did it and I'm like sitting by the window trying to breathe like a little bit of the fresh air because we had the heater on so yeah like, literally, <laughs> that's one of my most distinct memories
1: <laughs> oh my god terrible terrible awful.
0: um but I mean thank goodness yeah that there are other more safe much healthier approaches that I mean <laughs> And one thing I'm sure that you and and this is actually what we I wanted to talk about today was, you know, that age is such a sensitive age, especially for girls in body awareness and awareness of how food can affect how we look and how we perform and. I watch you. I obviously follow you on social media, and I love your openness and your candidness around having those conversations with the girls because what I see time and time again when I work with women, especially older women, is the emotional relationships that they have with their food and the way that they've, you know, sort of controlled it, abused it over the years um, and how little awareness they have around it how such an early age that stemmed from, you know, whether it was like a conversation that someone had with them, whether it was watching their mom diet down and criticize her own body. And so what I'm thinking about with these girls and what we experienced is it's not just how we look, but now we have to be this size. And the only way to do that is to exercise it out or not eat. And how tricky and scary that is, how that could set somebody up for, having such disordered patterns down the road. So, I mean, these are conversations you have to have with the girls all the time and you do it in such a brilliant way. (laughs) Because you're just honest about it. You're just brutally honest and I think they need that.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, like there's, I coach plenty of girls. Don't get me wrong, girls are my main focus, but I've also noticed that there's lots of boys too, teenage boys. I've noticed almost have a a worse, well, wrestlers almost have a worse relationship with um, body image and food and eating disorder type stuff. And like, nobody talks to them about that. So um, around the time of state, you know, here in Iowa and Nebraska, obviously it's getting down to the wire. So the week of state, I've got people hitting me up left and right. And also I'm seeing posts of people like having their kids in sauna suits, in a sauna, on a bike, in a sauna. And I'm like, oh, for the love, you know? So I just had sort of a, sure, it was sort of a rant, (laughs) but um, it it needed to happen because I was like, look, here's the deal. Don't do that to yourself, Right. right? Like making weight isn't the ultimate goal. Wrestling and competing or winning state or just, or getting on stage or, or getting on the platform for powerlifters—that's the ultimate goal. Yeah. So why, in God's name, are you going to affect your performance negatively before you even get to do your sport? Like, right. think about this for a second. Like, but we find some sort of honor, some like badge of—I don't know—in in doing it the hard way and doing it the old-fashioned way. It's like a sacred cow, right? right? But why? Yeah. And so here I am, just being radical and you know, questioning the status quo and the norm and asking people to think about this. Why would you want to do that to your body? Why would you want to affect your performance negatively? Mm -hmm. Why? If you could do it in a healthy way, just with a little bit of forethought, with a little bit of planning, with a little bit of like, eat based on what you're going to do or what you just did or, you know, ration out those carbs rather than gorge yourself or kids not knowing that like, Fiber holds water, sugar holds water, carbs hold water. They don't know these things. So um, I think those like radical honesty kind of (laughs) ranty kind of posts like get people's attention. And I mean, I catch sure a certain amount of backlash for it. But at the same token, I don't really care if I if I saved one child from starving themselves or one college girl from making a choice to I don't know not drink beer or pineapple juice and vodka, but instead think of a lower carb option of drinking. You know, like if I've saved a couple people, a couple calories or a couple carbs (laughs) or a couple, you know, a performance or what if that performance, what if that healthy way of making weight did enable that child to win state, then even if I only affect one person, then I don't care if there's 10 people who are mad at me for rocking the boat. So um, good thank you yeah
0: good. yeah we need we need more <laughs> boat rockers out there
1: <laughs> yeah for good reasons, for good
0: reasons, exactly, exactly, and I think well, a you're just you're bringing awareness to an issue that nobody really likes to talk about because it's either uncomfortable or like you said, like it's just this is the way that it's been done for so long so there obviously can't be anything wrong with it because it's worked to some extent for so long and so I think it's also uncomfortable for somebody who's been doing it that way for then someone like you to speak out against it and say like we don't need to do that anymore and people don't like that
1: (laughs) yeah they don't they don't yeah I I catch a lot of like And, you know, it's not, it's not ever really from parents. It's generally from other coaches. It's from um, people who think like it insults their way of doing things. But I feel like as humans, as coaches, as parents, as business people, the minute you're, you don't want to learn or make yourself better anymore is the minute like you're, you're not just stagnant, but you're now falling behind the path. So had I, you know, just, did I think when I read Carbonite I'm like, this is stupid, you know, I, I, without a doubt. This is ridiculous. I'm going to try it anyway. But there was a part of me who was like, nothing else has worked. Why would this work? This is dumb. Wait. But then there was a very small part of me who was like, well, I do want to be better. I do want to, I want to soak in all the knowledge. I want to, if somebody asks me about this, I want to be able to tell them, yep, this worked for me or this didn't work for me or this works for one client and this didn't work for another. But if I would have been close-minded to it just because I thought it was stupid or because I thought my way – you know, I had been cutting weight the same way for 15 years. Yeah. And that one time, thanks to having a baby, it didn't work. <laughs> but I could have been like, oh, it's just from hormones. And then tried right. still right. to cut weight the same way and killed myself, you know. Yeah. Why, though? So I, I just – I pity the people who – don't want to move forward in their thought process or in their life or in the people that they have an impact on i I pity them deeply I agree oh well. I very much agree
0: well, I think it's also interesting too it's It's one thing to you know change change the mindset of someone who's you know been following a certain way for so long, and that's all that they know, but I think it's another to challenge the young minds that you're working with and have them think for themselves and be open to the fact that, hey, we might need to try something else for you and find what's going to work best for you and and give them that – sort of open their mind to that way of thinking that they can use in these situations but also in every other aspect of their life. Like, hey, there's probably going to be times where you're going to want to question things or think about them differently or give something else a try because it's worth it. It's worth at least – Experimenting with and seeing what happens because you're going to learn something regardless.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I think kids are a little more, kids and teenagers, right? They're a little more, um, their brains are sponges. Like they're willing to learn, they're willing to try new concepts, Um, and they're willing, they're willing, more willing to take risks than a lot of adults. Um, They're less set in their ways. So I I do have to convince some teenagers who have been wrestling, say they've been wrestling 10 years or whatever, or girls who've been wrestling five years and all they've known is what their high school coach told them. I have to convince them to give my craziness a chance. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) <laughs> I'm Like you're, mm-hmm. you're gonna drink more water. You hear what I'm saying? You hear what I'm saying? You're not gonna starve yourself and dehydrate yourself for a week. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> and we are going to perform better. And it's like it's like pulling teeth, to be quite honest. Right. And I'm sure. I, I think it's it's worse it's worse with the boys. I had a a teenage boy who was the brother of one of my like my little proteges, and he. He had a fear of eating. Mm. And we had to beg and convince him to eat. Like he was eating barely anything. I'm like, how are you even getting through two or three practices a day? This is madness. And he was wanting to wrestle 126. He had been, you know, like 140 ish all season. And we had to beg him like his mom bribed him. And I, like I talked on the phone, and he's crying like, but I don't want to weigh that much. I don't want to eat that much. That's going to make me heavy. And da, da, da. I'm like, let's try it on a weekend with no tournament, with no weight to make. You don't have to make weight till next Saturday. Let's experiment with it. Two days, two days of eating like carb backloading way. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's he was 15. So he's just he was eating a lot. I'm sure on what I had him versus when he was feeding himself, he was having like some egg whites for breakfast with a little bit of salsa. And he was having some steak for lunch with like a quarter of an apple. And then after practice, he would have like a half a banana or the other half of his an apple or something. And I mean, this is a 15 year old kid who's doing like an early morning practice and a two hour practice in the evening, like burning calories, like nobody's business, eating like a bird. So we got him to eat two whole days and drink. Like we rationed out his water. Like you're going to drink this much. And he's like, I'm going to waste so much. I'm going to waste so much. Like he literally was fearful of it. And give me a shot, buddy, please. Mm -hmm. And he did it. And like, so that was a Friday, a Saturday. On Sunday, he woke up lighter than he had been all season. Wow. He's like, "I didn't even work out yesterday," and I was wow. like, "Oh, look at that magic!
0: Look
1: <sighs> at great. that magic!" That's great, right? But it was, it was, it was traumatizing for him. And I think that even in non-athletes, mm-hmm. we do have these like very deep uh, emotional connections, whether they're good or bad, to food and our eating habits, and those are really
0: hard to unwire sometimes no I completely (laughs) I'm sure you know I I mean well and it's one thing I mean this is what I appreciate you about you so much too is just you're working if we can get these these young people when they're still you know moldable when they're still even if there is some hesitation um, you know it we're, we're still getting them young enough to where hopefully we can rewire that system before you know, well, there's, there's less rewiring because the wires haven't been fully set, <laughs> you know, they're they're still yeah. making those connections. So if we can get them when those connections are still being made, hopefully we can help them make the right connections so that we aren't having to re, completely rewire everything, which is what I am finding that I'm doing with a lot of the clients that I deal with who are older, who have been doing this, you know, following this way or, or trying – everything under the sun, you know, for the past 15 years, and it's not working. And now they've created this bad relationship. Trying to change that is very hard.
1: It's incredibly hard. It's like molded in cement. Yep.
0: Well, and it's very deep-rooted, and it's very emotionally tied. And then that's, that's you know, then it's asking them to look at those emotional connections, and that can get very uncomfortable. So, I mean, and I can only imagine... You know, obviously we were teenagers at one point, and the amount of thoughts that go through your mind at that age when you're just figuring yourself out in your place is uh, very overwhelming. And I think having the right role model is can really make or break the direction someone goes in big
1: time. Oh, I, absolutely. And I'm not, like, trying to toot my own horn in any way, but um, I think more of what I do, it's like – Yeah, sure, I'm a wrestling coach, but I joke around. I'm like, I'm more more of like a counselor. Like, Jesus, I should have majored in psychology. Like, what was I thinking (laughs) with exercise science and business, you
0: know? 100%. 100%. Oh,
1: 100%. And even when I was personal training, I'm like, I swear to God, these women pay me Mm -hmm. to listen to their problems. Yeah. You know?
0: Oh, yeah, definitely.
1: And that's okay. That's all right. Yeah. That, people just talk to me. I don't know why or how it works, but I, I'm glad they feel comfortable enough to talk to me. But right. um, with with these with these little girls, and, and little, I mean, like, a coach from, like, 4-year-olds to 18-year-olds at my so personal cute. club.
0: Those little girls are just adorable. Just
1: wrestling around. Oh, they're so cute. Them. Oh, they're adorable. <laughs> but these, the, the sweet spot, the ones I've, like, really fallen in love with is... By falling in love, I mean, I I turn down probably three to four college coaching spots a year because I'm like, no, I I can't leave this these little seven year olds, yeah. you know, like they're madly in love with me and attached to my hips. But I realized they, uh, sure, I'm sure I'm teaching them wrestling, no doubt, no doubt. We're 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 getting a workout in. We're learning a craft, but. They rely very heavily on me for for direction, for validation, for um, telling me there are little problems at school Absolutely. even. You know, a lot of these girls, and I don't know if this is the case for you, it was certainly the case for me, wrestler girls tend to be maybe the outliers in their own school. Yep. But then, like I was made fun of immensely. I was bullied like nobody's business. And But when I was with wrestlers, I was like, oh these are my people. Yeah, Like I just felt okay and safe and comfortable and supported. And so these little girls really rely very heavily on me for that positive reinforcement. And so I recognized that early on. I'm like, holy crap. I'm like their second mom. Right. This is not just, I'm not just coaching a sport here. It's not like, I don't know, softball where they just go and play a game and they leave and they go home. We're like, laying on each other and fixing each other's hair and sharing deodorant. And this is very, this is very closely intertwined. And so I recognized that I could have a, a deep impact on the way these girls both view themselves and, and treat others. And so with, with that being said that like these wrestler girls might not be, they might not be mainstream at school. And even if they are, they tell me, even eight-year-olds, this is crazy. They're like, I feel like I have to be somebody else at school. And I feel like when I'm with wrestler girls, I could just be me. And I'm like, oh, how sad is that? that wow. Well, A, eight-year-olds that, they like that they have that awareness, have to too. To fit well, and they
0: have that awareness it, of having to make that yeah. adjustment.
1: Crazy second graders pick up on this stuff. Yeah. But with that said, moms... Of little girls and little boys, but little girls, especially they're very, very, very aware. They are very cognizant about what is going on around them. What is on the radio? What is their mom saying? You know, how does their mom like, does she always adjust her shirt to to cover her fat? Does she always make remarks? Like they are very, very aware whether you think so or not, or if they, if you don't even think that they ever, they would never maybe even say it to you they say all that stuff to me like my my mom my mom does this to cover her fat roll Like (laughs) she wears this shirt and tucks it in and she tells me you know like oh yeah I just I just need it to look better you know like they're very very aware they're aware of so much more than I even could ever fathom but that is why I recognized early on I'm like oh gosh <sighs> my plate is very full. Right. <laughs> so this is a lot of responsibility. I'm not just raising my two kids. Like the impression that I am helping these girls and boys have of of girls and women, yeah. not just in their little community, but for the rest of their lives. Like I can help shape that. Yep. And so that is why I'm like so crazy passionate about wrestling. I love the sport. Yeah, sure. But getting to work with these amazing little beings is like I think it's one of the chokes me up. I think it's <laughs> one of the greatest honors I've ever been given, other than motherhood. Yeah. You know, for these little eight year olds too. like, Hey, coach Jess, I'm upset about this, what should I do? Or my teenage girls who I mean, these are like high performing athletes yeah. and they like one of them got broke up with her boyfriend the week of districts and, and she wrestled by cramp at districts. She should have gone to state in Iowa. She lost to a boy who she'd beaten twice in the season. And I'm like, God bless, you know, but she'll call me, she'll call me from the bathroom crying because <laughs> because a boy, <clears throat> a boy's girlfriend cornered her in the bathroom and was like, saw you touch my boyfriend's balls. Sorry if this is on the airway. Saw you touch my boyfriend's balls. Don't ever do that again. Da, da, da. And she's like, I was doing a high C. The C stands for crotch. Like I was wrestling. I was, I didn't grab his balls. And right. if I did, he would know. Right. And he wouldn't be so lucky. But, <laughs> you know, and so she's like crying in the Man. locker room or the bathroom about this. Like, Meanwhile, I'm at a tournament, and I, I've got 40,000 things going on. So I'm like, Jesus, she needs me, you know? And so I answer it and she's hysterical, and I'm like, here's the deal. People are going to be mean to you if you're on top, right? They don't like you because you shouldn't even win that match. That was the funnier part. Right. Like, but you're closing the gap on this guy, and therefore he feels threatened, and his girlfriend's going to be mad at you, and his mom's talking trash to her in the stands, too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. it's all right. Let it roll off you, right? Like, it's fine. Nobody talks about people who don't matter. She was like You're right. You're damn right, I'm right. I know this because my life was absolute hell in high school. And I didn't put it all together until not but a couple of years ago. Right. So had I had that resiliency then, you know
0: it's true. I agree. Things
1: would have been different. So I'm like, This is this is my purpose, this is my path, is to help these girls and give them who I needed when I was their age. Yeah. Or who I really wish I had.
0: I know I so, really wish I had you too. I feel like it would have been I wish so different. I had
1: sometimes, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, I tell people all the good stuff, and then here I am, like, I don't feel like getting up and working out. Well, I mean, do, you know? just go to the
0: show. We all need somebody like that who's on our team, who has gone through the experiences that we're going through, and that can be you know, our advocate who can tell us how it is and whether, even if it's really, really hard stuff, you know, to have those conversations with, um, that we're not going to be able to necessarily have with our parents either. Cause they don't always know.
1: Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's the other thing is like these girls. Oh, that was, I think the, the worst part is the worst or the best part. That one teenager of mine who was a mess in the bathroom. I was like, you're going to, that's fine. You're crying right now, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to like, suck it all up, clean your face, throw some mascara on because you're done wrestling now and you're going to go up in the stands and you're not going to let one bit of that show. Yeah. Not that it's not, not that you should never show emotion, but you're not going to let those people or anybody else in the stands think that this got you one bit. Like you are that strong. Yeah. And I remember at the end of the year, I said something to her mom and I was like, I'm so, so proud of this child. Like so proud and I just wish that like, she got like 115 career wins and she had only wrestled three years right. in high school. Like yeah. she just it's amazing. I mean, super shit. Yeah. yeah. Gymnast turned wrestler. So that obviously, you know, it was a good, that's an excellent path right there. But yes. <laughs> I was like, I just wish that people knew like, yeah, it's a great thing to get a hundred career wins, especially in three years. But, I wish people knew the adversity that she faced and overcame just to get those 115 wins. Like her path was so much harder than any other boy. And I'm not like a crazy feminist or anything like that. Maybe I might be soon, I don't know. But (laughs) I just wish that people knew like what she had to face just to even step on the mat, let alone have success like that in the constant face of adversity and constantly not being wanted or welcomed or made fun of, or accused of grabbing somebody's balls. Like, that stuff would never happen to a boy. Right.
0: Ever. Even if and they were wrestling a girl. She...
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We would never, right? And she did it with resiliency. And her mom, her mom was like, what do you mean? She was like, what do you mean what do I mean? Like, assuming that her mom knew how bad it was. Oh, she had no idea. And she had not a clue like wow. that is how good this girl would like pick herself up, put herself together and go back out in the stands just like I told her she was going to do. Her mom didn't even know. Wow. Her mom didn't know. And I was like, well, shit, now I feel like an asshole because her mom was like, wait, what? She didn't even know her sweet, adorable little daughter was going through all of these things and these grown ups even were being nasty to her. Right. She had no idea. And he was like, oh, way to go, Felicity. Way to get me in trouble. And, you know, and she was like, I didn't want my mom to worry.
0: Oh.
1: And she didn't. She didn't want her mom, you know, it was. she knew it was hard enough on them. Right. Knowing like she wasn't welcome and stuff. And like she just didn't want her mom to worry. And I was like, Jesus Christ, like you are me and I am you because I was the same way. And like, I could only tell her these things and advise her these things because I found a way to deal with that in the 90s myself, right. right? Like, I had to do that. And I'm sure you did, too. Yep. You had to just, like, do I feel like crying out here? Because people are being like, "Oh, a girl, oh, Yeah. Oh, there's no benefit to wrestling you or right. whatever. Oh, it's only a girl, you know? Yep. I dealt with it all. Yep. And I had a very strict rule. No no crying on the mat. No crying where anybody could see me. <laughs> exactly. If I needed to cry, I'd find a locker room, exactly. which were always empty. At wrestling tournaments, because the girl won, you know, or under bleachers or in a corner. But, you know, if I I didn't if I didn't suffer through, I guess the the amount of greatness you can put out into the world is only parallel to the amount of pain that you've endured. So a long time, I always thought that was like my personal story, like what I endured. And then now I'm like, oh, holy shit, I get it. Like I endured all of that and so that I could help. Lots of other little girls, big girls, figure that out for themselves. Yep. So,
0: and you do it very well.
1: (laughs) Most days, (laughs) most days, most days. Last week I was bombarded with 40 of them at camp, and I was like, our average age was nine. And I'm like, I'm not cut out for this. Well, it's very, oh, I mean, it's God. emotionally taxing
0: the amount of energy that you then have to be okay with putting out. And, yeah. And the availability yeah, and I that think that's you're... why a lot of people
1: shy away from kids. Yep. Well, and it, 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 it,
0: it's hard too. you don't want to say the wrong thing. It's, it's also, and I feel this way just in working with older women, you know, like there are things I want to say sometimes, but I have to really think about how I want to say it and the timing of when I say it and my delivery and making sure that it's received in the right way because it can, it, you're obviously affecting how they think. And so you want to be careful about how you say it and I'm for you, you're and... in a position of authority, not only for them, but for, you know, the, the, um, Uh, you know, the club that you're working for and what they think and the people who run it, you know, I'm sure you could also be at risk for, you know, the the higher uppers, the hierarchy not liking that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and females, I think we talked a little bit about this last time we did a podcast, but (laughs) the way that females receive information versus the way males receive it is, it's just different. Yeah. And you could be like a super duper tomboy, like me or you. Um, <laughs> I think deep down where tomboys on the exterior, we look like females, yeah. but you know, <laughs> you could be super tomboy and think that like, I truly, I have problems with like, I, I forget I'm a female sometimes. I could be like coaching and it's just a sea of dudes and like a guy was like, he will be staring at me. And I look back at him and like, give him like the, what? What's wrong with you? You know? And yeah. I forget, like, oh, I'm a female and I have makeup on and I'm in a sea of men. Like, I literally think I'm that hard. I think I'm a guy sometimes. But the way I receive information, it's 100% female.
0: Yep. You can't really change that.
1: <laughs> no. There's no changing it. And and it's the same at, at 7 as it is at 17, at 47, at 77. You know, it's it, it's the same. Yep. And we just, we internalize a lot. We take a lot personally. Um, We hold ourselves very accountable, right? And and girls and women are very, um, like, community-focused in that, I mean, I can speak to the sport aspect of it, but girls and women perform not for their own performance is not their motivating factor it's for their coach and their teammates and their team as a whole and their family like that is who they're performing for Mm -hmm. and it's a good and a bad thing but boys and men they're they're playing to win yeah for themselves so if you exactly so if you critique them about their you know and like wellness coaching fitness coach, you critique them about their eating habits or or their form or whatever they are like, cool, good. I'm going to receive that information and I'm going to adjust it. And I'm, because it's going to make me win. Right. Like that's their, that's the way they think. Yep. And whereas girls should be like, say something about how they've been eating and, and they're like, you think I'm fat? <laughs> no, that's not what I said. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yep. laughs> not what I said at all. So it's, it's, I really should have majored in psychology. You too. <laughs> I
0: know, I a hundred hundred percent agree. <laughs> Whether it was just for you know, for personal training clients and seeing them in person and getting to know them and you know, you, you do you build up that that trust, that rapport, um, and you sort of be that, that safe zone for people that it really and and again, you having gone through all of that you have gone through and, and myself also People get it. They sense that and they sense a comfort in that and then an openness to let their guard down and share and be vulnerable in those situations. And I think it takes a very special person to be able to create that environment for people.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, and I think uh, at least I I mean, I know you from, well, from us getting the rest of the photo shoot, but I, I know you. In a personal aspect, but even internet wise like I can always tell you are sincere, right and I think that that's something that um, it's a it's a dying art yes, so indeed. you know it's a little bit of of having been there yourself, it's a little bit of compassion, it's a little bit of like no judgment, it's a little bit of like you wanting to see them succeed because that means you're successful yeah. so I think that coming from that place will will always win. Like, that's always the winning formula. Yeah. And for the love of God, we need a little bit more of that in this world, especially right now, I feel like.
0: Oh, yeah. 100% agree. 100% <laughs> oh, God. agree. We do. We definitely do. And... But I
1: do. like. I have to even coach little girls on, like I said, moms, I, these girls, they pick up on, like, how we speak, who we speak about, um, that kind of stuff. And like, my girls will try to start getting catty or clicky or, you know, nasty. And I'm like, whoa, whoa. Especially at wrestling camp, there's always, it's interesting to see how like, like the second day shakes down. You start to see like, the the girls who are like all familiar with each other, day one, they're like all together. Day two, new clicks have formed. Yeah. And, and then that's, that, that has dynamic issues and drama. My six-year-old, I wish you could, like, see what I'm doing right now, but my six-year-old comes to me last week, and she's like, Mom, there is some serious drama with finger quotes, drama in that room. And I was like, what <laughs> did you just say to me? So funny. She's like, that, that's what they said they were doing that's what they said it was there was too much drama and i'm like <laughs> what the heck is going on here and so you know, that next day at practice i or that next evening i was like all right i made them stand across from each other i'm like i don't care who you line up from you're gonna look at the person in front of you and say one nice thing and that was so hard. You would, you would have thought I would have like asked him to go sprint or I'm something. Sure. Like, what? Seriously? I'm like, yeah, yeah. You're gonna say one nice thing to the person in front of you, and if you don't do it right now, it's gonna be the person to the side and to the other side too. So, get on it.
0: I love that. That's great.
1: Yeah, and I was like, I don't care. It could be you like their hair. You like how? kind right. they are or yeah. that they helped you Yes, I don't care that's great. one night
0: thing you know it's funny that you say because... that because I make clients do that those types of things as homework about themselves instead oh, yeah. of like well yeah they're I mean more often than not homework is is generally wrapped around you know self-acknowledgement and appreciation of themselves and their journey and with all of the positive you know aspects that they have and yeah. the great things the accomplishments that they've already made and less about okay tell me what you ate over the weekend <laughs>
1: right yeah mm-hmm. so absolutely I used to do that too I'd give my um like I worked with like a small group of women we're in the like 40 to 65 range and uh I would give them homework like that like guess what you're gonna do this week for an entire week when you walk past the mirror, you're going to stop and find one thing that you really like about yourself and you're going to focus on that. And then every time you walk past the mirror, you're going to look at that first. I love that. And they're like, what? <laughs> I have to do what? And I'm like, okay, well, since you want to be all resistant, I'm like, you're going to tell me what the, what, what do you like about yourself? And that was like the hardest thing I know. It is. for that. <laughs> like, we just got done doing a really hard circuit workout and I'm like. And you guys are bitching about me asking you, yep. like, one nice thing. And so I made them, all right, well, let's add another layer to this. So they, I made them do one physical attribute and one, like, personality attribute. I love it. I love it. It's great. <laughs> and then before, and I was like, fine, you know what? I'll go first. I'll go first. And I'll tell you what I like about you guys and what I think your best attribute is, your physical attribute. And most of them, most of them agreed. They're like, yeah. I do like my arms, or I do like my shoulders, or I do like my eyes, you know, whatever it was, like, but they had to be coerced into saying something nice about themselves, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is how, this is how deeply rooted our, like, negative self-talk and, like, self-hate really is as women. I I really don't think guys do that. I don't know. I'm going to ask, but. I don't think I do that.
0: I don't feel like it's to the extent that we do. By any maybe way. bodybuilder guys. Maybe bodybuilder guys.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that should be anybody who's no, listening, it, that should be your homework right now. Go go make a list or talk to yourself in the mirror. Five things. Well give us our two. Two things. I like that.
1: Yes. Yeah. And I it it's hard. Yeah. But I, I don't know. It's much needed, obviously. I yes, agree. To be honest, I like I came up with that because um, not because I'm a genius, but because I like say a lot of negative shit to myself as well. Whenever I like got home from my fight, I remember, and this is like three years ago, but uh, I remember I was like grocery shopping, and I walked past the window, and I was like, "Who's that?" Like being all like catty, like oh, she looks good. Holy fuck, that's me. <laughs> you know, like for half a second, you're like I what? I didn't even recognize myself because it, in my mind, like you'll never have muscle tone in your arms, you'll never this, you'll never that. Like, and I had reached that, yeah. and then I didn't even, it was physical and real life, and it was so deeply ingrained in my brain. That like, even when I saw a reflection of myself, it did not register right away that that was me. Right. Like, how crazy. I'm like, wow. I didn't even know. I didn't realize, I guess, I was that bad at talking trash to myself. But really, I am. Well, and I think it comes so. in waves,
0: too. And it comes in waves of, in, around what, all, what other things we have going in our lives at the time. I really feel like those are connected because I experienced that also postpartum and obviously like your body goes through (laughs) a tremendous change when you have a baby Um, and, you know, being accepting of the process that it goes through, through all of the stages. And I honestly felt less like myself afterwards, but like physically speaking than I did while I was pregnant Um, because Mm -hmm. I didn't have that same control that I could have before You know, because I have to obviously acknowledge other things that are going on in my life, Uh, you know, raising a new baby and all, Um, (laughs) not sleeping and all of those things, Um, you know, having that lack of that lack of control. And kind of like what you said, like I would go like touch my arm and not it not feel like my arm and the mental shift that went on in my head when that happened. Like, what am I feeling right now? Is that my arm? That can't be like that's not what it feels like and having to stop yeah. myself and remind myself like well this this is a new arm right now <laughs> because your this whole body just went through this you know amazing miracle of human growth <laughs> um, right but, and it really is it really is and it it continues to be so um but it's interesting just how you catch yourselves in those moments and uh, how how caught off guard you are and the internal conversations that you have to change in the mindset that you have shift that you have to make when that happens it's just very interesting and it's it's ongoing it's it's always going to happen to some extent uh again through various periods of your life and not just physical changes but emotional changes and journey changes and all of that oh 100%
1: yeah. and i last Oh God, I don't know. I guess last May, um, I had a lot of people reaching out to me for for advice for the, with their daughters, right? And like um even with track stuff, like it's I mean I do coach wrestling with her, like she's having like performance anxiety and is there any way you can you know, she's being really hard on herself. Is there any way that you can like give her some some words of encouragement or whatever? And it was literally like three people in one day and I was just going through a period where I um I just got back from World Team Trials a couple weeks prior and I had like torn up my arm I tore three ligaments I hurt my neck real bad um I I was supposed to fight I think that was actually the week I was supposed to fight so I was like really having a lot of negative self-talk um so I couldn't fight I didn't win at World Team Trials so not only did I you know, I trained all this time. I go there and like, not only do I get hurt, but I don't go what I came there for. So I spent this time and money to get there and, uh, I, I could, I could, I'm old, I'm getting old. I'm like 35 now. So I could like tell a difference between myself and these like 24 year old chicks. And I'm, I'm like, sorry. God bless, you know, like I think the end is coming, you know, mm-hmm. I think it's, and that was very, very hard for me mentally. Uh, to wrap my mind around um and then there was like problems in my relationship and that was sort of falling apart and I just fell into this very very dark spot very um serious about a depression and meanwhile I've got all these people thinking I'm some like ray of hope and sunshine and strength and I'm like I can't even get myself off the couch
0: yeah, you guys tough.
1: like I remember just ignoring messages and like eh. That. I don't even want to think about that part of my life where I do good things and people look up to me. Like I was just angry at the world, you know, and everything was super bad. And I did a Facebook live video. I'm like, here's the deal. Well, want you know that I appreciate everybody's inquiries. Don't ask me for help right now though. Yeah. I need to help myself and I, I, you know, even on the video I'm like, and I started going to counseling. Um mm-hmm. it got off an antidepressant. I felt like that was part of my problem was um I had like doubled my antidepressant dose to try to help with all of that and it just made it worse and um was having some I like, never talked about this publicly, but was having uh <laughs> I, I I had a I had a I had a very clear game plan to uh, make it look like I took too much medicine. So I was like on Paxil and I had some um, pain medicine for my elbow and there's something else that uh, Tylenol or something. And I, I had taken the comment and I felt weird. I Googled it like, oh, that's serotonin syndrome. Don't do that. Even Tylenol, like adding, having too much Tylenol, to that mix could be yeah. deadly. And, it sounds so weird to talk about now, but it was, I was like a light bulb came on. Like I tried everything in my marriage that I could possibly think of. Nothing worked there. I don't see a way out there. Um, I, I don't see a way to live with him or without him. We have kids together. If we're arguing and that's causing my kids, you know, discontent and mm-hmm. that maybe I'm, if I remove myself from that equation, they wouldn't have a bad life. Yeah. And my athletic career is probably over or nearing its end. And, you know, it was just like all of, and I'm like, what do I even do? Like I'm a stay at home mom. Like I, I, sell some single occasionally. Like I don't, you know, I don't have like a, a career. I don't make a lot of money. Like I didn't, that was my, that was like my bulb moment in that time in my life and the weirdest thing that I and I hope I don't like weird anybody out talking about this but I feel like this stuff needs to be talked about so that people know like like yeah like, women like Alex and I sure like we look like this picture of strength and we do and we're we're completely transparent about the good and the bad and the ugly but this is like suicide is something that's so uncomfortable that people don't talk about it like even saying that word I'm like oh yeah but I had a very distinct plan, and I dropped my daughter off at preschool, and I had been cleaning all that morning. So I cleaned the entire house. I did all the laundry. I I laid out her outfits like I was going on a trip. So when I go on a trip, I like lay out everybody's outfits so they don't miss me too much. Mm-hmm. And I laid out her outfits, socks, undies, everything. I made five casseroles. Um, you know, the fridge was stocked with groceries. It was like I was going on a trip yeah. and everything was, everything was taken care of. And I took two out of three and I laid down in bed and everything was just very, very seemed like it was a great idea. And then my wrestling coach called randomly, right? He mostly texted me, but he called and was like, hey, do you want to help me make a flyer? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Try to get him off the phone he's like, and do you want to be one of our featured people for our camp with this Olympian guy? And I was like, I remember sitting up, putting my feet over the edge of the bed, like, tell me more. Mm-hmm. And so I'm listening. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, fine. I'll do it. All right. Awesome. Thank you. And that was like four weeks away or something like that. And I'm like, shit. Now I can't let him down, I can't let all those kids down and yeah. I asked to do this really amazing opportunity, boys and girls, not just a girls camp. And I gotta make the flyers and he wants me yeah. to make the t shirts. Like I can't let him down. Right. And I got up and I threw all those pills away, just dealt with the pain in my elbow from there on out. And I was like, Holy shit, Jessica. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like that was that was that was going to be like my, you know, I'm like, yeah, people will miss me. Sure. My girls will miss me. But it was, it was also that, um, like right now, like sort of that downtime where we were in between seasons. Yeah. So my, my girls, coaching my girls is like what kept me up and held me accountable. And so for a couple months, I didn't have that. Yeah. And I was hurt and my marriage was shit and everything felt like shit. And, uh, it was like a couple of days after that situation that I was like, all right, not ever going to have those thoughts ever again. Like, here's where my path is going to be from here on out. And if I don't speak about this like that, like all those people ask me for help. And I just like reply to them, like, I appreciate you thinking of me. Um, Please go ahead and watch this video because I'll address your questions, you know? Yeah. But I realized if, if I didn't speak about it, then people would always and forever think that a, I had all my shit together. Right. And B, that, you know, shame only survives by being swept under the rug and hidden and not being spoke about. So if we could speak about these things, I was, and I just kept reiterating like, even strong people need to ask for help sometimes. Okay. Understand that. Even strong people do need help. And they, we don't, we don't do this like all on our own. This is a collaborative effort of, where i am today this is thanks to you know lots of coaches and lots of friends who have been there for me through the good the bad and the ugly right take yep. me back up whenever okay. i did not feel like getting up and i think girls and women especially need to know that this is a it's a it's a hard time to be a chick yep. uh, without a doubt Yes, without a doubt yeah. it's a super hard time but that doesn't mean that like It doesn't mean you're not good enough, right? You are the captain of your ship. You are the person who says whether you're good enough or not. So it does not matter what the kids at school are saying. It does not matter what, you know, social media people are saying. What matters is your internal voice. So you're talking trash to yourself constantly, and you think you're a failure, then guess what? That's probably what you'll be. Right. But if you can... Have any ounce of a little bit of strength and courage even to ask for help mm-hmm. like that, like you know, a girl crying in the bathroom. She couldn't pick herself up and put herself together in that moment. Right. And all she needed was a little bit of somebody else believing in her. Yep. And 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 that's all she needed. Yeah. Right. And. One thing I, like, feel like I constantly repeat, just, I don't know, it just comes out of my mouth, but when these girls are, like, going up to the, going up to the stage for a finals match or even not a finals match, they're nervous, they whatever, I'm like, it is within you, I promise. Like, I wouldn't be here in your corner if you were, if you were lazy or nothing, or I didn't see any glimmer of anything worthwhile in you, right? Yeah if you believed in yourself just for, for five minutes, as much as I believe in you, you can totally do this. You can do this and much, much more. And they're like, really? Like, yeah, 100%. And then I just like, you're super good at this. You're super good at this. Oh, and you're funny, right? Like I just <laughs> throw a couple <laughs> of things at them and then they slap them on the back and they go out there and tear it up. Yep. But great. it's literally like, a couple nice words is all they need to remind themselves, like, yeah, I'm not that bad. No, you're right. I can do this.
0: And we all need so. that sometimes.
1: We do always need that always sometimes. And now I will say I have some seven and eight year olds who, who uh have a little too much confidence. <laughs> we gotta scale that back. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm maybe sure. we've taken this a step I'm too far, sure. lady. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, dang, Some sass. I am good at this. Yeah. Or, like, yeah. I'm so cute. That's Aren't a... I? I'm like, I mean, you're adorable, but, right. you know. Take it down. Dang notch. it. not happen, not. There's a fine line between yeah. confidence and ego, my friend. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: <laughs> you're walking it. Oh. <laughs>
0: well i i so i I wanna keep this conversation going so bad um but we are have to wrap things up mostly because I have to get out of the studio um but i I feel like we could just take this um conversation to a completely new level, which I'm probably just gonna have to have you back on the show sooner than later <laughs> um because we could just talk and talk um i feel I feel like forever about these topics um thank you so much for sharing your personal story i know that you, like you mentioned it was the first time you shared it publicly i'm sure it wasn't easy um so thank you for being open to that
1: well yeah just in the light of like all the i mean last week we had like eight fade in anthony gordon in one week right like I know. what is going on because yep. it obviously needs we need to talk to be about it about. Yep. we need to get rid of the stigma about it and exactly. be willing to just go get help yep. right Mine.
0: thank you I appreciate it again and Yay. thank you for sharing your wisdom with dealing with the kids and in all the amazing yeah. work that you do keep keep it up we need more people like you um I'm going to do my part <laughs> as well
1: <laughs> good, good
0: good I maybe I need to start working with more young girls too so get them when they're young um yeah prevent things from happening but
1: well I think about the world we can make if we yeah, exactly you know, start molding them at seven, eight, nine, ten, 8, like thinking nice things about themselves and being kind to others. Yeah, the difference like, that would make
0: is, big time.
1: Yeah, it would make a huge difference. And maybe there's no hope for our generation, but maybe there is for our kids' generation. So, I agree. And That's I'm much I'm more thinking. aware of that
0: now that I have my own. So.
1: <laughs> exactly. We <laughs> <Definitely laughs> had to get me on thinking it.
0: differently. Yep. Well, thank you again for joining me on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of Her Body. And we will catch you guys next time. Thanks so much. You've been listening to Her Body on Body IOFM with your host, Alex Navarro.
1: And if you'd like to hear more, log on to body.io.
0: We'll be back next time with more information about women's health and performance.